just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. The results are in from the Governor's Guiding Our Growth Survey. So how do you and your neighbors feel Utah should be managing its growing population? Lead producer Emily Means is here to weigh in and share picks of the week. It's Friday, October 13th. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Good morning, Emily. Good morning, Ali Vallarta. So nice to see you on this chilly fall morning. I know. It's rainy. It's moody. We have survey results. But before we get into the news of the week, we want to tell you about some pretty exciting news. I'm excited about it. We have a membership program. Warms my heart. Listener, dear listener, we want to tell you a little bit about our membership program, which we just launched last week and have had a pretty amazing response to. So thank you right off the bat to everyone who has become a founding CityCast Salt Lake member. Emily means... You want to share the details? I did it last week. I'll share the details. Thanks for giving me that honor. So, (laughs) I mean, here is the deal. We, CityCast Salt Lake, have been making a daily podcast and a newsletter for almost two years. Allie, you've been around the whole time. I joined Mm -hmm. you a little bit later. Can you believe we are creeping up on 450 shows and newsletter editions very soon? It's totally bananas. It's freaking nuts, yo. Yeah. But I have loved working on this project so much. And I know that our listeners and our readers feel the same affinity for what we're doing uh, that we do as a team. And so we have launched this new membership program as a way for you to support our work and help keep us around because we know that you really appreciate the work that we're doing here at CityCast Salt Lake. So uh, I want to tell you how you can support us. You can go to membership.citycast.fm and you can choose what level you support us at. Uh, $8 a month or $15 a month. It's just kind of, you know, whatever you're feeling. And yeah, it really helps the work that we do. Um, You know, we care about this community just as much as you do. So that's, that's my pitch. That's a great pitch, Emily. Thanks, and I, Sally. I just want to add one thing, which is at whatever level you give, you'll have access to ad-free listening. So that's a cool perk. Making this show free for our community is really important to us. And that's why we're asking, if you can, if you'd be willing to help support that work, $8 a month, we would be so grateful. So thank you. Membership.citycast.fm. And we'll see you on the other side. Just so you know, we get a little ding every time someone becomes a member. So we can see your name. Like, we see you. We absolutely see you. Thank you. It's so exciting. And we so appreciate your support. Okay, let's get into the news. We have something really fun today, which is Wait, wait, wait. Only us would say that this (laughs) survey is really fun. People love survey results. There's that whole game where they go, survey says. People love it. (laughs) Um, Okay, so basically, here's the skinny. 
Between 2010 and 2020, when they conducted the 2020 census, here's what they found. Utah, fastest growing state in the nation. You probably already know that because it's all anyone can talk about, right? Salt Lake City, one of the fastest growing metro areas in the nation. What I think is really interesting about our growth is that we also still manage to remain the youngest state, mm-hmm. though our fastest growth was people over 18. So like adults are moving here. Children are still being born here a lot. <laughs> so we're just like seeing it out. We're, what does my mom say? We're burning the candle at both ends, right? Well, we love having babies in this state. To we be do. Fair. And the other thing that's interesting that's happening is that our population is increasingly diversifying, which is great. Particularly our metro areas, we're seeing a growing Hispanic Latinx population. So what does that mean? What that means is that state leaders are trying to figure out how the heck to manage this growth. Mm-hmm. And enter the Guiding Our Growth Survey, which the governor launched in like late 2021. And it asked people all across the state in rural and urban areas of all different ages how they think we should be thinking about growth and how they're thinking about state growth in their perspective so that the governor's office can use that information to, quote unquote, guide our growth. And we have the results. We have the results. And right off the bat, though, Allie, I guess I want to say the toothpaste is out of the tube. Like, (laughs) we are going to continue on this path of growth. And, you know, there are a lot of reasons for that. You mentioned people are moving here. They're moving here because we've got a great economy. People are also moving here because it's freaking gorgeous. Like... Outdoor recreation and access to the mountains and the desert, like this is something people really care about. I think especially um, in the wake of the pandemic, right? When we were like, oh my God, I'm stir crazy in my house. I got to get outside. So there really isn't a lot that we can do to stop our growth at this point. um, Besides not having babies anymore. Which to be clear, we're kind of working on. I mean, our population, we are still a growing state, but our population is slowing by Utah metrics, so. Sure, so these results, like you said, they're supposed to help inform the way we expand over the next couple of decades. And um, I just want to give a quick shout out to Tony Semerad at the Salt Lake Tribune, who broke down the results for us. And now we will break them down for you. Well, something to think about as we talk through these, like to your point, Emily, about the toothpaste being out of the tube. So the current population of the state of Utah is 3 million people. By 2050, we're expected to be at 5 million people. So like, that's that, right? Yeah. And then this stat that I'm absolutely obsessed with, and I think we're actually going to talk about more on this show next week, is downtown Salt Lake City is expected to double in population in the next two years. So like 2025, like not 10 years, not 20 years, in two years, the number of people living in downtown Salt Lake City will double. Full stop. It's hard to imagine, but at the same time, it's obvious because look at all of the apartment complexes being built in this city. They're going to be living in the sky. (laughs) Yep. We're building up, baby. And on that note, housing. Let's talk about housing and what we learned from this survey. Survey says, Allie, 60% of urban Utahns, that's us, that's people who live along the Wasatch Front, want more housing options. And we want them around transit and we want them around town centers and we want them basically wherever we can put them. Yep. Gimme, gimme, gimme a house. Gimme a house. A million dollars. (laughs) (laughs) And that's an ABBA song. (laughs) 
the thing that's like really flashing for me is building near transit and town centers, right? What we're hearing is that people want denser neighborhoods, right? Mm-hmm. We don't want to be sprawling as much yeah. as we have in the past. And Ali, this is also something they heard from rural residents. Rural people want new housing built around major streets and town centers. Hmm. We love to see this. We love to see this. Stop the sprawl is what I'm saying. And it sounds like that's what, you know, 19,000 some odd Utahns who took this survey are saying as well. Makes sense from coming from the simplest possible cornerstone, which is the price of gas. That makes sense to me. In Mm. rural and urban areas. Mm -hmm. Like rural Utahns have to drive so much. When I was working in rural Utah, I was like, I cannot believe how many miles I'm putting on my car just to live. And Utah has one of the highest state gas taxes in the nation. Like our state chooses to tax gas at one of the highest percentages in the entire country. It's a lot. So, yeah, like we want to be close to transit. (laughs) Yeah. Listen, it makes sense to me, and um, it's the way that I have lived my life while living in Salt Lake City. This whole time, I have planned where I lived around public transit, especially because I haven't had a car. So I think it's refreshing to see this from the majority of people who took this survey. Um, Only 19% of people said they want restrictions on housing development as a way to slow growth. But I just don't really see that happening. At this point, I mean, this state is also run by developers, so it doesn't make a lot of sense to me that we would slow development anytime soon. Correct. Okay. well, on that note, let's talk about water, because that was the next category here. Hit it. And by the way, can I just say, Emily, they published this survey, announced it in 2022. This year, the Utah legislature did an audit, right? The state was audited to see Mm -hmm. what the major crises are Uh facing our state. And they were housing, water, mental health. Uh, Education. And education. No. And two of those four are in this survey. So it's like, again, we know the problem. What's that Kate McKinnon SNL skit? Doctor, we know this. We know (laughs) this. We know know this this. about our state. Okay, so here's, I thought the water results were really interesting. So, of course, similar to housing, they kind of divvied it up between city dwellers and rural dwellers, or at least that's how Tony Semra divvied it up in his story. City dwellers went the hardest for water conservation. Specifically, water-wise landscaping rules and incentives. So, like, the old zero escape your lawn, like pull out the grass and the turf and the medians, replace it with rocks, like the kind of stuff we've been seeing for a while now. 80% of city slickers and 70% of rural residents want to see more incentives and more strict rules around landscaping. Hmm, that's pretty close. That is pretty close. Now, the other big like sort of data point in here is that almost 60% of rural residents said they support investments that optimize agricultural irrigation. So thinking about, for example, Thane Taggy and his peach farm where he's drip irrigating, right, instead of full blast just watering. Flooding it. Yeah, flooding it. Um. 60% of rural residents said, let's do it. Like, let's incentivize that. We want that. Like, we want to be part of the solution. And I think that that's really important, given that 
I mean, we do know that 80% of our state's water use is agricultural. And for that reason, we talk a lot about alfalfa. We talk a lot about the responsibility of farmers in our water crisis. And it's interesting to hear rural residents say, we're here for solutions. Like, we can't stop farming, but we want to get creative and technical. Right. Well, and the thing is, is that a lot of these farmers, um, I have a feeling they've been watering the same way for many, many years, maybe many generations. Yeah. And, you know, when we talked with Thane Taggy of Taggy's famous fruits and veggies about <laughs> making the switch to more water wise irrigation, like it's a lot of work and mm-hmm. it's a lot of money to shift the way you've been doing something for, you know, decades and decades and mm-hmm. optimize your your farm and your land there. So, um, yeah, it sounds like they're just asking for help. They're like, we're totally into it. We just need help. Well, one of the things about this that I did think was really interesting reflected in this question about would people support new incentives for water-wise landscaping. Mm-hmm. Again, 80% of our state's water use is agricultural, right? Shireen Gorbani one time said on this show that she thinks xeriscaping is the plastic straw of our water crisis. It's like the carry a reusable straw and you'll save the ocean, like not quite. Um, And there is this thing that happens a lot in our modern society, which is that environmental responsibility gets placed on consumers instead of corporations or institutions that are actually the major polluters, right? It's like when you go to an order an Amazon package and they're like, do you want to make your delivery greener and a lower carbon footprint? And it's like, me? Do I? Do I yeah. What? Ask Jeff Bezos. You're one of the biggest polluters on the planet, like <laughs> in the solar system, and you're asking me about my carbon footprint? But that kind of messaging has been so pervasive for so long, it works, right? Like it's embedded in our brains. And I am sort of annoyed to be like, so we're having a statewide conversation about water use. And one of the questions here is whether I would support xeriscaping incentives. (laughs) I don't know. Feels a little bit minute. Feels a little bit. I would like to know what you all are doing at the state level to manage water use. Because Mm -hmm. when we break it down, me and my lawn... We're little, little, little guys. Mm. And I think that like putting that pressure on individuals is sort of a way of deflecting. It's a Mm. way that institutions are able to deflect. So when I saw like 70% of rural folks support it and 80% of city slickers support it, I'm like, well, yeah, of course we support it. But like also, are they brainwashing us? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and listen, maybe there's more to this survey that we just didn't dig into yes, yes, okay yes. this yes, is just yes, a, yes, yes, yes. an overview maybe there was more to it i will say though ali i was recently listening to a mayoral debate among the salt lake city mayoral candidates and mayor aaron mendenhall touted a figure that i don't have off the top of my head but salt lakers conserved some some odd millions and millions of gallons of water this year yeah just because just because. So, you know, a drop in the bucket, sure, but I'm like, listen, I'll take it. No, I mean, the average St. George resident uses 306 gallons of water a day. Like this also, this is a big state with a lot of different communities in it and a lot of different lifestyles in it, right? And I think that's an important caveat. But xeriscaping, 
sure. I don't know. It feels very 2010. The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. And this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. We talk a lot on this show about our city's crown jewels. What are the institutions that open doors in our community and regulate its pulse? I choose Salt Lake Community College, and it is a home for incredibly focused Salt Lakers. Nearly 80% of their students work while going to school, many full-time jobs. If I could do college all over again, I would not be 33 and sitting on these damn student loans. And slick students aren't. 80% graduate with little to no student loan debt or save thousands knocking out credits before transferring to a four-year institution. Every day, Salt Lake Community College is transforming lives and communities through education. If you want to learn something new, refine a trade, or pursue a higher degree for the first time, explore your options at slcc.edu. Study alongside hard workers, save precious money, and be one in a class of 19, not 100. All right, Allie, can we talk about transportation? I know you wanna. Just one of my favorite topics. Uh, Survey says 75% of urban residents and 58% of rural residents supported more publicly funded travel options. What they want is more walkable, more bikeable, More free fare transit, baby. And I say, hell yeah, let's do it. Hell yeah. (laughs) I mean, they've got to if they want all our housing to be developed near (laughs) near transit centers. Transit centers. Yeah, we need the transit to to build the housing around. Um, Uh But what I say to that is, do you hear that, Utah Department of Transportation? Because we're staring down the barrel of an I-15 expansion from Farmington to Salt Lake City. UDOT recently released their plan to widen I-15. It is their preferred plan. And Ali, I mean, if we're talking about housing and those concerns we have there, this project could displace multiple homes, dozens of commercial buildings. And uh, it's like, come on, can we get on the same page, please? Utah is in such a toxic relationship with cars. It's like listening to your friend justify going back to their ex and they're just like, it's a public comment is just like a plethora of like reasonable exchanges about why this is not actually planning because we'll just bloat the highway and then what we expand it again infinitely. Like, 
and they're like, okay, yeah, no, yeah, okay, but, and you're like, okay, girl. But you're not considering this, okay? Travel times could increase by an hour. Okay, but maybe if everyone was on the train, travel times on I-15 would decrease. I don't know. Um, Allie, I think it's really easy for us to dwell on our disappointments <laughs> around these topics yeah. because as we've mentioned they are crises in our state mm-hmm. but i did want to note like some cool and good things that are happening with the way we move people especially around salt lake city we've got uh the di- the salt lake city school district providing students and their parents with free transit passes we've got more bike lanes coming in my street just got a new bike lane the third west bike lane just got finished um, so good things are happening, but I think it's it is important to recognize some of the constraints we have on public transit, especially at the Utah Transit Authority. I mean, they can't hire bus drivers, so right. you know, how do we make these things happen in our state? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. The last category here that I want us to talk about is open space, which mm. is kind of a weird term for just like parks and rec. There were some things in this open space category that really delighted me. Ooh, tell me. So you will not be surprised to hear three quarters of urbanites want all of it. More parks, more trailheads, campsites nearby the city, recreational amenities, like the Jordan River Trail-esque projects. Like three quarters of urbanites want that. I absolutely want to get in a room with the like roughly 25% of people who don't because I think they sound like really fun people to drink with. <laughs> <laughs> to go on a hike with? <laughs> like they're just like, no, ugh, I one more it. I hike. hate nature. Woof. Like enough with the trails. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Um, but the other thing that I thought was really fun in here is 56% of city dwellers support master planned communities. Hello, Hello Daybreak. Daybreak. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Where, what is, who are those Muppets? Where are those Muppets in the balcony? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's us. Sattler and Waldorf, that's us. We're the Greek chorus. <laughs> in every play when it's like, yes. chorus. I mean, this is the way that we're having to plan our green spaces as we continue to build out, right? Like, how can we preserve this shit? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Put a fake pond in and build a walking path from house to house. Like, I've heard the lake in Harriman is lovely. Okay, Mm -hmm. I've heard this. I want a lake. Yeah, one that's not drying up. It's so funny because something I feel like we've been talking about lately, specifically you and I offline, Emily, is like. Do we fundamentally misunderstand Daybreak? Like, do we as, like, downtown residents scoff at Daybreak? But really, like, is Daybreak cooler than we're giving it credit for? And, like, is that kind of the future? And, like, when we think about planned communities, I think we often think of, like, East Coast failures, right? It's like, what's the – Levittown, right? (laughs) And, like, sort of the, like, industrial almost looking planned communities. Mm. But, like, Daybreak – maybe is figuring some things out. And so I don't know. I thought that was like a really fun stat. Here's where I have a pinch point. Only 40% of city dwellers said that they want us to fill in, Mm. in development instead of sprawling out. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, this is confusing to me because it seems at odds with what we heard from them about housing. 
Correct. And transportation. Correct. Right? So so let's do a little bit of math here because this oh, was no. my like big takeaway from this Guiding Our Growth survey. Tony's analysis says that majority of Utahns have actually kind of turned a corner on growth. We've become a little bit more apathetic to it. The whole like tell your friends Utah sucks, blah, 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 like mm. grumpy. Yep. We're no longer grumpy about growth. We're guiding our growth. A strong majority of us want new housing. And we've also said we want it near transit centers, right? A majority of us want to preserve open space. That's important. Mm -hmm. But a minority of us want the housing to be densifying the city. Where does the housing go? Do we annex Idaho? Like, help me understand. <laughs> Where does the housing go? Where does it go then? Mm. Do we want floating cabins in the sky? Mm. <laughs> it's a thought. It's, um, I think, a core question that our state is going to be grappling with yeah. and city leaders are going to be grappling with. Right. And, well, and we're already seeing it right now in our mayoral election. Yes. And even at the city council level, right? I mean, we mm -hmm. talked with uh, Salt Lake City Council Chair Darren Mono this week about the affordable housing incentive policy proposals that are on the table. And this will change our zoning code to allow housing in places where it wasn't allowed previously or to make it taller or whatever. Mm -hmm. And there has been pushback on those ideas still, right? Like. Yeah. We don't want to sprawl, but at the same time, we don't want to grow up, but at the same time, like, make it make sense. Mm -hmm. There are only so many options. Mm -hmm. So I guess I'll just say uh, I'm really glad that I'm not the one making these decisions, <laughs> but. <laughs> I'm glad you said that, Emily, because that raises sort of my big question, I think, that I have mm. about this entire survey. We have seen in the past the governor have big ideas that I think are reflective of what people in the state are interested in. I think a really good example of that, as you mentioned in transportation, is like majority of people saying they want more public transit. The governor putting in his budget last year yeah. that he wants free fares and the legislature saying, absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> They're saying, not. Nothing's free except this $3.7 billion <laughs> I-15 expansion. Exactly. So if the governor and the legislature continue to be at odds, and it seems like the governor is proposing a budget that is a little bit reflective of what we're seeing in these kinds of surveys, like what mm. people actually want, then is all of this data meaningless? <laughs> oh, Allie, I mean. Will the state abide our wishes? I know exactly where you're at. I'm there too. And I mean... I don't know if they'll listen. We have new leadership coming into the House soon as House Speaker Brad Wilson is stepping down. Um, it's very likely House Majority Leader Mike Schultz, who I would characterize in the same line as Brad Wilson. It's likely he'll become House Speaker. Mm -hmm. So will we get anything different? I don't know. But something you always mention that I think is the point is it's the economy, stupid. So if these things are good for the economy, like densifying our housing options, protecting open space, building out more public transit options, this is the way the legislature will move on these things if they know that it's good for the economy. I think the hope of the Olympics in 2030 or 2034 could maybe make these things happen, but I don't know. What I want to say is that it's frustrating when we participate in these kinds of actions and 
we feel that they won't ultimately be heard. But what I also really believe is that it shouldn't stop us from participating. Mm -hmm. If only because I do think as someone who is very pro this state and very pro Salt Lake and very pro our growing community, it was heartening for me to hear what my neighbors have to say and to see so many reasonable opinions reflected in this survey. And I think it's also heartening to hear people thinking about solutions to growth instead of just griping about growth, which I think can be a really exhausting thing about living in a growing city. And so all that to say, like, I'm not trying to bring negative vibes here. We should always take these kinds of surveys. We should weigh in every possible chance that we get, right? But we also have to be realistic about who has power in Utah and how they choose to wield it. Let's get into pick of the week before we get out of here. Emily, you first. What's your pick? Okay, Allie, I mentioned UDOT's proposed I-15 expansion. Guess what, baby? There are opportunities to weigh in. The public comment is open through November 13th. And this Monday, October 16th, there is a public open house to learn more about what's in their draft environmental impact statement. It's very important to know what exactly UDOT is proposing before you give public comment, I think. The more informed you are about the thing, the better case you can make against it. Yeah. So I will drop a link in the show notes uh, leading you to information about that public open house um, and also where you can give public comment on their website. Love that. Thank you, ma'am. Okay, my pick of the week is kind of teeny tiny. This week I learned a little factoid about Ex-Wife's Place, Mm. which is a bar on 7th East across from Trolley Square. I actually learned it from Therina in the Hey Salt Lake newsletter and specifically from a reader of the newsletter who wrote in something that kind of spawned this discovery. But did you know that the family that owns the other place Greek restaurant, okay, by Dick and Dixie's Bar, Uh they also own ex-wives. So when they opened the other place, Greek restaurant, they opened a bar down the street a bit on 7th East called My Wife's Place. And the reason it's called that is because the owner reportedly, as the story goes allegedly, was talking to a Coors beer rep. And the Coors beer rep asked what the bar was going to be called. And he said, I don't know. Ask my wife. It's her place. And so the Coors rep wrote down my wife's place. That's like the the folklore. Okay. So that was sort of their like, that was their business. They had the other place and my wife's place. And they separated as a couple. Uh. And many years later, she, the wife, took over the bar property And it was her that painted over the my with an X, which I always thought it was funny that that bar was called ex-wife's place. Me too. Because we all call it ex-wives. It should be ex-wife apostrophe S's place then. Yeah. That's the intention here. Yeah. And actually, it was her that painted over, like she's the one who ended up getting the bar and renamed it X. Not him, which is kind of funny. So that's why it's ex-wife's, which is kind of awkward to say. Like, it doesn't feel very vernacular. And it's such a fun, like, kind of Salt Lake folklore. And that bar, I also learned in the Salt Lake Tribune, 
is one of the oldest continuously owned family businesses in Salt Lake City. It opened in 1959. Oh, my God. They have both since passed, the husband and wife, but it's still in the family. So anyway, isn't that fun? That that is such a fun fun fact. Thank you for sharing. All right, Emily. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. And I'll see you Monday. See you Monday, Allie. That is all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Our lead producer is Emily Means. Our producer is Ivana Martinez. Our newsletter editor is Terina Ria. And our host is me, Ali Vallarta. Music is by the local band Mitochondria. We use music from all the kimonos when we feel like it. We will be back Monday morning with more from around this city. If you like this show, please consider becoming a founding member at membership.citycast.fm. We will see you Monday. Have a great weekend. Bye.